It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And it's time for part three of the July Fourth Weekend Mega Mailbag. And so we bring back our friend, who is the editor over at JetNation.com, also co-host of Jet Nation Radio, Mister Glenn Naughton. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from your fellow countryman in England, Gus Toon. Would you keep Randall Cobb on the roster or give it to one of the up-and-coming rookies like Brownlee or Gibson? It really depends on how those two guys look in training camp in the preseason. That said, I don't expect Randall Cobb to go anywhere. He's here for a reason. Rogers likes and trusts him, and I think he's obviously going to have a role in helping the younger players get up to speed with what Rogers likes to do as well. But obviously, if it were up to me, I would have to wait and see how these kids perform before I could make any kind of decision like that. Yeah, uh, love Gus. Great guy. Got to hang out with him in London when the Jets played the Falcons. Um, was in touch with him recently, actually, hoping to uh, to get together with him. And uh, and there's another guy, Dave, who's up north out in here in England. We hung out a little bit in, uh, in London for that game. So, so really good dudes, really good fans. Um, yeah, listen, I, I think Cobb stays around because of how much Rodgers prefers him. But... And, and I think Brownlee, I, I like him a lot. You know, we, we've talked about him a little bit, Scott. I think he's more – I think Mims is the guy who uh, whose roster spot is in jeopardy with him there. I, I don't know that he sticks around. Uh, Gibson, I think his returnability gives him a chance. He does have, you know, a really good skill set for a guy who can play the slot. I just – I don't see a world where they take one of Aaron Rodgers' guys and, and not let them make the roster. So I think one of those guys may have to – Stick up. I think one of those guys can make the roster, but another may end up being a practice squad type. Gus also asks, is it me or would Bryce Huff being traded for the right price allow Jermaine Johnson to have a better chance to break out this season because he would get more reps? If Bryce Huff were to get traded, what's the least you would be willing to trade him for? I think we talked about this last week, but I would say it's got to be at least a third rounder or a fourth and change for me to even consider it. But you make a good point. We kind of talked about this a little bit last week, Glenn. I think there is a situation here where you're looking at two guys in Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald where the Jets made massive investments and they're at a very important position. And even though Robert Sala has this rotation that he likes, you would prefer to see those guys get more reps. Now, we know what Bryce Huff is good at. Bryce Huff is good when it's a very, very obvious passing down and you just tell him, go get the quarterback. He's pretty good when he does that. Anything else can't really help you much, but that's his role. And so that's why he gets very limited reps, and that's why he is very selectively deployed. Now, if a team came knocking with a really good offer, you'd have to consider it. 
And it would be because you want to replace those picks for next year, especially if you're not going to re-sign Bryce Huff. I don't know what their intentions are. Maybe they think that they can get more out of Bryce Huff. They can coach him up to do better things in other areas, and then they wouldn't need to worry about limiting his snap count so much, and they could re-sign him, and maybe they put him with the other two guys, and it turns into an excellent unit. But if they think that he's only going to be what he is right now, and they don't intend to re-sign him at the end of the year, then you make a good point, Gus, because if Jermaine Johnson can get more snaps and have the opportunity to break out and you believe that that's something he's capable of, which clearly they must if they drafted him so highly last year, traded back into the first round, then I could see why they would do it for the right price. I wouldn't trade him just to trade him, but if you can get a good deal and you look at it and say trading him would help Jermaine Johnson then it could be a situation where you could talk yourself into making that move. But I would not trade him just to trade him. And like I said, you'd have to get something reasonably valuable for him to even really consider it, even if he's only going to be here for one year. Because even though he is very limited, that one limited skill he has is an important skill. Yeah, you're right, Scott. I think we did we covered this one in terms of uh, trade value, I think. You know, and I said then, I, I still think now, if you're getting less than a three, I think you're you're getting rid of a valuable piece on a, a team that's trying to make a run. So I would keep him if you're get if you're not getting at least a third rounder. And as far as the reps go, th- that was another thing I think we covered at some point was it, it, even though Bryce Huff has had, you know, he's found a way to have an impact on games. His snap counts have been really low. Um, I don't see and and especially you know even though Vinny Curry didn't play a ton of reps, Curry is gone. Huff doesn't play the, all that many snaps, so I, I don't see it really impacting the other the, the top guys, the starter types who are gonna are, are gonna be the guys who carry that unit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Sean Stalker. He says, Scott, enjoyed your episodes with the director of Flight 23. And now that you have the connection, is it unrealistic to expect some play like a jet soundbite on the upcoming season of One Jets Drive? I think they should do it. That's not up to me. That's up to Seth Bradley. But it is very kind of you to say, Sean. I will say, though, I did really enjoy Flight 23. I don't think I ever asked you about what you thought of the series, Glenn. You watched all three episodes. What did you think? I, you know, some of the some of the content was good. I, 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 it felt more so than in years past, especially episode one. Um, it felt a lot like an extended commercial for season tickets. Um, <laughs> But but and again, that's not to say there wasn't good content in it because there certainly was. But uh, you know, some of it was uh, some of it was a lot of a lot of uh, basically a recap of what we had just watched unfold. I was hoping for a little more behind the scenes stuff. So that was you know I would have liked to have seen more. But um, you know, it, I still enjoyed it. I'd still you know I watch it every year. I enjoy it every year. Um, and it's uh, it, it it's it's a great job by the Jets to to kind of give the fans a little peek behind the curtain. I, I did love hearing, hearing, you know, I, I did listen to the interview, Scott, um, on your show. And I loved hearing about the, the chemistry they have with Joe Douglas um, and how, you know, they have so much trust in the jets 
or the Jets have so much trust in the production crew that they sort of they don't intervene all that much. There may be a couple things they request not be in there. Um, but all in all, collectively, I liked it. Again, episode one a little, you know, infomercially. But um, but I really did enjoy the series and uh, and listen, I I think as far as you getting on there, I think uh, I think you might be a little too mellow for that. I think it's got to be. I, I think when they're looking for, you know, who to put on those, a lot of times it's like who's the loudest, who's you know mm-hmm. who's making the most noise and and bringing the most energy. Um, I don't think they're looking for like the calm, reserved, like speaking the way we're speaking now. Um, I could be wrong. You know, they, they, they're, I guess, I guess if you think that there have been some sound bites they've pulled where people are just, you know, you hear, uh, uh, bloggers or, or podcasters, you know, just making, uh, you know, random statements. So, but I think, I think you should, I think we should hear your voice on there, man. You, uh, you gave them a little platform to come on and talk about their show. And, and I think, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If we hear you on there, uh, this season. I will say Glenn, when you said about the sales pitch for season tickets, I did joke with Seth Bradley when he was on the show that at the very end of the third episode, it really felt like a final pitch to Jets fans. The mm-hmm. montage that he put there with Joe Namath interspersed with Aaron Rodgers, it was almost like, hey, we know things have been tough, but it's going to get better. This is going to be a fun season. Get ready. And that could very well be interpreted as a pitch for season tickets. But I think the first episode, which you mentioned, was the one that sort of set the table. It was sort of an overview episode. And then we got into a little bit more of the nitty gritty in episodes two and three. And obviously, you know, it's not going to be like Hard Knocks in the sense that Seth Bradley is trying his best to give us all some fun material to sink our teeth into. A peek behind the curtain, but not too much of a peek behind the curtain because they have to balance what's good for the team and what they can actually release hard knocks probably not in the business of caring that much about that which is another reason why i don't love the idea of the jets being on hard knocks which involves the next question that we got glenn this comes in from tim he asks what are your thoughts on the jets being on hard knocks the last time they went on hard knocks they ended up going to the afc championship game rex ryan was a lot of fun on that show i know people think it's a distraction but I think it might be good for this team. What are your feelings on this? Well, as I just hinted, I don't love the idea of them going on hard knocks because I think there could be some things that come out. This happens every year with these teams that are unfavorable. Now, it really boils down to how they manage this, and if they're smart about it, it wouldn't be a big deal. As of right now, we keep hearing that the Jets any day now could be announced as a team on hard knocks, and you did make a good point. The last time the Jets were on hard knocks, they ended up going to the AFC Championship game, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad situation. The Aaron Rodgers thing obviously makes the Jets a compelling team for hard knocks right now. They've got some new pieces in place. In addition to Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett and Rodgers together, I'm sure, would be fun on Hard Knocks. I'd like to see some interaction between Rodgers and Zach Wilson. So from a viewing standpoint, if you were outside looking in, you were somebody that follows a different fan base, you would certainly think that the Jets would be an enjoyable watch. As a Jets fan, I don't love the idea of the distraction, but maybe it would keep them more laser-focused because with the cameras around, they would know that they can't screw around. The world is watching them, and they have to be hyper-focused on the task at hand, which is what it seems like they've been 
with Aaron Rodgers anyway, but maybe that extra element would do something for the Jets in a positive way that we're not thinking about. Like I said, I don't love the idea, but maybe it would be a blessing in disguise in certain ways because like we said, the last time the Jets were on hard knocks, it worked out well for them. Yeah, it's a weird thing, right? Because I, I don't want it there. If the team is saying they don't want it there, you want them to be focused. And you don't want the distractions and all that. Um, but, the, you know, then there was – I've heard Mike Westhoff comment on this in the past when they had it. And he said, uh, he said I, I didn't even notice the cameras. He was like, you know, if they were interviewing me, I noticed them. But they weren't in the way. They didn't bother me. They didn't stop me from doing my job. So, I mean, you as a fan, you love the access. Like, I can't imagine not wanting to see as much of the team. And especially, you know, you get the human interest stuff. They try to introduce a little bit of that. You get to see guys putting in extra work. You, I, I love all that stuff. I love the series. Of course, I love that the Jets are on there. Um, I don't want them on there if the team feels it'll be a distraction. But it's it's weird for me to hear a coach who went through it saying it was zero distraction at all. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, maybe it just kind of depends on how you view it from your whatever job you has have as a coach but am i going to watch it absolutely do i want them to get it no not if not if they feel like it's going to be a problem and that's the most important part of this glenn the fact that the jets seem to not want to be on it robert sala was very clear about that in the press conference so that's what would make you worried as i said there's pluses and minuses and mike westhoff saying it wasn't a distraction is very interesting to me because that would put my mind at ease a little bit but robert sala specifically saying that he and the team didn't want this would definitely have me a little nervous yeah like i said it's uh if, if westhoff did it and said it was no issue then uh, you know you, you hope that this staff feels the same way when they come away from it because i think it's a foregone conclusion right mike florio reported last week that it was happening um and I, you know I, I as soon as the rogers deal was official i was like well hard knock is a lock like there's not going to be a more interesting story than that a hall of fame quarterback changing teams um so you know if they don't get it i'd be shocked i, I think it you know florio said it has been decided that the jets are getting it um but i guess there's been no uh no announcement from the team yet but it sounds like it's theirs Next question comes in from Bill Fond. He asks, if Aaron Rodgers stays two years and Zach Wilson shows progress in exhibition games, practice, etc., and Aaron Rodgers retires after 2024, Zach Wilson will be an unrestricted free agent. Do you see the Jets being able to sign him to a team-friendly deal, or do you just see another team overpaying him and Zach Wilson wanting to start new? It's hard for me at this point to think that some team would overpay Zach Wilson based on what we've seen. I guess teams get desperate when it comes to quarterbacks, and you could see a situation where if some of the stink from this past year and part of his rookie year are washed away over the next two years with Zach Wilson behind Aaron Rodgers, you could see teams talk themselves into Zach Wilson possibly being the guy that they could go to as their starting quarterback, but I don't see a scenario where he's going to get some sort of huge paycheck. This is interesting, though, because if Wilson does show a lot of progress and the coaching staff becomes high on him and they are convinced that he's going to be the guy after Aaron Rodgers, are they going to be able to convince him to stay when he may have other options? Maybe he'd want to play the field. That's if everything goes according to plan and Wilson ends up being the type of quarterback in practice and all of that that Douglas, Salah, Nate Hackett, all of that believe in and think he's going to be somewhere close to what they envisioned when they drafted him at number two overall. I think that what is essentially going to have to happen here is the Jets are going to have to take their chances with Zach Wilson. If they see what they like, they'll have to try to sign him. Maybe they have some competition. I don't see some team going crazy with an offer. 
it's not the ideal scenario, however, if it gets to the point where the Jets are confident enough in Zach Wilson that they do want to bring him back to be the starter, that would be a good thing. It would mean that everybody involved did their jobs. And so from that perspective, you would think it's a net positive regardless. Yeah, I think the best scenario for the Jets here is that Zach Wilson shows progress, like just enough to 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 believe he's salvageable, but not so much that another team is going is going to come in with a huge offer. And then obviously you're not going to bench Aaron Rodgers if he's coming back for a second season, but you're also not going to want to pay a huge amount of money to Zach Wilson if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starter, even if it's for one year. So I think if again, as as I said, if he plays well. Another team is bound to get involved. Next question comes in from Captain Jet Sparrow. He asks, does Aaron Rodgers become the first Jets quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards in a season since Joe Namath in 1967? It's possible. He didn't do it last year, but you would think now being healthier and having better weapons around him, there's certainly that possibility. It doesn't take that much if you think about it from a statistical perspective because now you've got 17 games, right? So if you have 17 games, whereas remember, Joe Namath had 14 games back when he did it, so that makes it even more impressive. With 17 games, if you have a player who throws for an average of 240 yards a game, you'd have 4,080 yards in the season. Certainly very doable for Aaron Rodgers. I know they're going to lean on the running game. I know that Rodgers last year completed 60% of his passes to running backs as opposed to going downfield to wide receivers as much as he had some years in the past. But if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, I see no reason why he can't do it. Doesn't mean he will, but Obviously, looking at those numbers and just having to average 240 yards a game, very easy for him to achieve that if he's anything close to what he's always been. Yeah, he's gone over 4,005 out of the last seven years. I, the only way it doesn't happen this year is, is if there's an injury. He Again, you know, the last time he was in this offense, he threw for almost 4,300 yards. Of course, he had the, you know, the, 48, the 48 TDs with Hackett before Hackett moved on to Denver. Um, or actually, I'm trying to remember. Hackett may have been there in 2021, but he went over 40, over 4100 that year too. So the last couple of years he's been with Hackett. I mean, really up to this year, he had a four-year stretch of 4,000 yards. And we all know it's well documented that there was a slow start this year. They had a bunch of injured receivers. The the guy were healthy, were new to to Rodgers. They lost Devontae Adams, and he still only came up a few hundred yards short of 4,000. So yeah, barring injury, I I locked that in as him throwing for 4,000 this year. Next question comes in from Jets fan in CLT. He asks, the Tyreek Hill trade almost came out of nowhere last year. Is there another elite player in the league nobody's thinking of right now that Joe Douglas might be in talks with for a blockbuster trade before summer camp opens? Nobody I can think of that hasn't been talked about. Now, to be fair, I'd heard nothing about Tyreek Hill being available pretty much until the day that he wound up being traded to the Dolphins, and it was a back and forth between the Jets and the Dolphins. So there's no one I can think of off the top of my head that would fit that category, but obviously that's the whole point, right? That came out of nowhere. Somebody else could as well. Yeah, it's. I actually had this thought the other day um, about. I, w- I was primarily thinking about the the QB two situation, right? Because I've I've sort of gone on at length about that and how I think they they need to add a body because there just isn't a, a reliable guy if they might if they need someone to come in and, in a big spot and win a game for them. Uh, but the the same really applies to receiver, and and I wonder if we're going to see this team make a run at a guy, sort of week three or four early in the year 
see if some team with a, with a couple of good veterans and very little cap space get off to a one and three start, you know, a one and four start and kind of find themselves falling out of the playoff picture quickly. Like maybe Tampa Bay, maybe you call and say, Hey, what, what do you want for Chris Godwin? Right. You guys are, you guys are one and three. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you, they, the Bucks are in the, one of the worst salary cap situations in the league, and in that situation, might look to unload some salary. Um, you know, Mike Evans, you know, big name, big salary, but twenty-nine-year-old guy. So that's kind of where I would like. Those are the two names that come to mind to me because the Bucks cap situation is so bad. But my thought on on the Jets adding players because I really and we've talked about this, Scott. They still have holes. Like, yes, this is the best team they've had in years, but if we want to talk about them as a Super Bowl contender, there's still some things you'd like to see them do. And maybe they wait till in-season, and I know it's tough to integrate a guy, but it's not the worst thing in the world to bring in a vet receiver who, you know, in week four or five, and you've still got 10, 11 games left to work this guy in for what, you know, you're hoping primarily get the guy ready for a playoff run. And I I think uh, that's just me thinking out loud. Like I said the other day, I kind of – was thinking about the QB two thing and thought if they don't add someone before the season, maybe they grab someone week two, three, four for a team that's out of it. Same applies to receiver. Glenn Naughton, who is the editor over at JetNation.com. For those that want to check out your work over at Jet Nation and listen to you on Jet Nation Radio, how can they check out what you're doing and also how can they follow you on social media? Yeah, check us out, JetNation.com, most active independent Jets message board on the web. Always tons going on over there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JNRadio underscore Glenn. Uh, my co-host, Dylan Terriman, at D Terriman. He does the Thursday night shows. He's uh, he's covering them right now with Chris Schubert of the Draft Network. Also, check out some of Chris's work. He does a great job. And, yeah, like I said, busiest message board on the web, busiest Jets message board on the web. Uh, plenty of activity, plenty of content. Be sure to check us out there. Make sure you check out everything Glenn's doing over at JetNation.com and JetNation Radio. Check out everything we've got going on over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so go watch those breakdowns, including one of Dalvin Cook, and judge for yourself whether or not you think Dalvin Cook has lost a bit of a step. It's YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.